It's time for Knox Talk, a behind-the-scenes look at the business side of college sports. Featuring Paul Sickman from Knox Sports and Brandon Parks from the Vol Network. Now for today's show. Welcome to another edition of Knox Talk. Today is Friday, September 18th. My name is Paul Sickman from Knox Sports here in gorgeous Tampa, Florida. And my co-host is Brandon Parks from the University of Tennessee and the Ball Network. Today, we're going to talk about how to get a job in the incredible, difficult world of sports. And specifically, sports marketing, sales, and sponsorships, since that's where Brandon and I both live. The first school to offer a graduate degree talking history in sports management was Ohio University, and they are still arguably the best school in the country for this industry, for our industry. Now, I know I'm a little older than you are, Brandon. I got my master's in sports administration from Florida State University in the late 80s. I was in the very first graduating master's class from FSU, and at that point, there was probably only a dozen or so schools and universities in the country offering this degree. And most were like FSU, uh, incredibly inadequate in teaching you how to be a high school athletic director as opposed to a specialist like we have now. But now there are literally hundreds of colleges and universities across the U.S. that offer an undergraduate and graduate degree in our field. And I'm going to tell you that I think this is an absolute travesty. But before we dig into all that, Let's say hello to the best part of the show, and that's my co-host, Brandon Parks, and find out how he started in his career in sports. So hello, Brandon. Paul, you've set the bar really low. If I'm the highlight of the show, we, we, we have nowhere to go but up. But uh, <laughs> greetings from Rocky Top. Greetings to you, Mr. Parks. So tell us how you got your start. Uh, and and my, my start was probably more of a non-traditional route. Um, the University of Tennessee does offer a sports management program at Tennessee. Um, in fact, one of the more highly rated programs in the country. Uh, it goes by a title of Partners in Sports. Uh, and there is a large uh, volume of, of students who participate in that program year in and year out. Uh, but I actually went through the College of Business at UT. Um, when I was 16 years old, I got my driver's license because that's the first thing you do on your birthday when you turn 16. Or every boy in America. The first, yep. the first thing I did. Uh, and then the second thing, mom and dad said, hey, would be really helpful if you could earn some car insurance money. It's almost Christmas time. The JCPenney store uh, here in town at the mall is hiring. Why don't you go fill an application out, see if you can get employed for the holidays uh, to earn some additional money. So I go down there, get a job. They placed me in the what was called then the Simply for Sports department at JCPenney, which probably dates me because uh, they no longer have that now. Um, I was 16 years old. I started in the sports department that year uh, and quickly realized that the Vol Network and the University of Tennessee had a relationship, a sponsorship relationship with JCPenney. And back then, we would sell VHS tapes, season highlight tapes, or documentaries around University of Tennessee athletics and Tennessee football. The director of sales at that time was a guy by the name of Steve Early. So I worked there two years in high school, four years in college. It happened to be in the mid-90s when Tennessee had an incredible, we call it the decade of dominance. Uh, but we won the national championship in 1998. And I believe that our... Thank you, yes, against the Florida State Seminoles. Um, Peter Warwick, if I, if I remember correctly. Uh, and who was the third-string quarterback 
on that team? Was it Marcus Outson? Yeah, well, yeah. So, I mean, he was all we had at the time while you were working with T. Martin, your first stringer. But go ahead. You barely beat you us. Go. Good work. Um, so, that year we sold the um, national championship VHS tape for the Vol Network and, and sold, I, I want to say it was a little over a million dollars worth of, worth of VHS tapes through the local J.C. Penney store. Mm. Um, so... 2000, spring of 2000, I, like a lot of students on campus at UT, tried to use the career services department and, and I probably did 15, 20 interviews on campus with different companies. Uh, and it was very beneficial. I'm, I'm a big fan of career services at UT. Uh, but a month before I was set to graduate, Steve Early, director of sales at the Vol Network called me, said, hey, we want to take you to lunch. And so I went to lunch with he and then Edwin Huster, who was the general manager of the Vol Network at the time. And I thought it was going to be a, a lunch about thanking us for the million-plus dollars worth of VHS tapes we had sold um, and wishing me well in my career. I quickly learned in my lunch that it wasn't as much about thanking me as trying to figure out what I was planning to do for the next chapter in my life. Three weeks later... I started my first day at the Vol Network two weeks out of college, uh, and I am working on year number 21 now. And your boss today is? And my boss now, our general manager, Steve Early. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's been my partner in crime ever since. That's uh, but unbelievable. I, you know, my story is, is more hard work than it is anything else, and the, and the one piece of advice I would give is, is never underestimate, especially when you're younger, the relationships that you can make at that time and the impressions that you can make on people because those things could come back to help you uh, as you try to move forward with your career. And I'm a living example of that. That's awesome. Awesome. I love the fact that Tennessee refers to the 90s as a decade of dominance when Florida State was never below number four in the polls for all 10 years <laughs> and won two national championships. But that's, you know, we'll move on from there. So a, a little bit about uh, my history, which is uh, a little uh, more off the map than, than Brandon's. I was uh, in school uh, working in the athletic department in the ticket office uh, for four years and had a variety of jobs uh, grinding as all people who work in ticket offices um, do. But I knew that this tickets was probably not my lifeblood. And so uh, when I was uh, in my graduate school year, I wanted to work in marketing. And there at Florida State at the time, there was one person who was in charge of the, the marketing department and he was the entire marketing department. He had no sales assistants, he had no secretaries, he had no not anything. And, and so he also happened to be the play-by-play -play voice. And so I went to his office. I knew him a little bit. And I went to his office and I stood outside his office and I said, uh, Mr. Deckerhoff, I would love to intern for you, work for free, do whatever it takes to learn from you uh, this year while I'm in graduate school. And he said, thank you very much. That's an incredible offer. I just really don't want any help. I, I, I operate alone. I'm used to that. I just don't need anything. And I said, I understand. I said, but I really need this. this and, and since you're the only outlet I have at school, I'd love to have to do that. So anything I could do, I'd be helpful. I'd get coffee, whatever you need. And he said, thank you again, but I really, I'm good. And I said, okay, sir. I said, I'm going to sit outside your office here on a stool um, today and really every day until you think of something you might need. And if you think of that today or tomorrow or the next day, I'll be happy to help. And so I got a stool and I parked outside his office. And this was like 8.30 in the morning. And about 11 o'clock, uh, he yelled outside and he said, are you still out there? I said, yes, sir, I am. And he said, damn it, get me some coffee and let's do something. 
<laughs> and, and that's how I got my first job in sports marketing. And uh, that year, I just learned a tremendous amount just kind of sitting and watching uh, how sales works and, and how relationships work. And then, uh, you know, it, by summer after uh, I graduated, uh, I was uh, lucky enough to get an interview with the Buccaneers uh, in Tampa uh, and was hired at the massive salary of $16,000 to be a marketing assistant. And one year later, literally a year later after that, uh, circumstances dictated that I was the marketing director for a National Football League team uh, in charge of a department and completely over my skis and learning on the fly and was there for 10 years. And so that was a crazy start and, a, and, a, and an incredible uh, experience that led me to opening in the Knox Sports 10 years later. So <clears throat> I think... So, Paul, how, how old were you when you became the director of marketing for... I was like, 20. I was 23. 23. Wow. I was think 20. about that. To, if that were to happen... Well, it's not going to happen today. No, uh, it's nuts. No, it's nuts. And I, and I wasn't qualified. And, I, and, and it was a bizarre circumstance, but I had to learn on the fly and... and, and uh, and I'm glad I did. I mean, I was, it was amazing. It was, uh, uh, you know, I, my first year, uh, we had $600,000 in revenue and my, my 10th year, we had a little over 9 million. Uh, wow. and, it, and we're selling, oh, by the way, the worst football team in the history of the NFL. I uh, never cashed a playoff check in a decade in Tampa, but it was still amazing. I don't regret a single day. But I think the story here is, is, is in both cases, was about relationships and and you you know showed yourself to mr early um over all that time while you were in school and and took advantage of the opportunities that were given to you and i was fortunate enough to have the people i worked for at florida state they gave terrific recommendations to the football team in tampa so it enabled me to get an interview and and, and took it from there and those were both i'm not sure i was any more or less qualified than any of the three hundred thousand applications that, that probably the bucks got for jobs even then and today but it was the phone call uh, that probably came in from somebody that said, you know, here's a shot. So you had the same thing, you know. And so, I mean, that, that, I think it's both both cases. We, we both would consider ourselves incredibly lucky to start in this industry and be able to keep doing it. And right now is a bizarre time because you've got kids that are probably two classes in right now, two graduating semesters in a row where there are just no jobs. And they're all wondering how in the world. Uh, are we going to make this work? Well, and you you brought up a great point. You you took it upon yourself to be proactive and to to really search out the opportunity that you were looking for. And I can tell you, it's remarkable to me for for all the students that I know that are over at the sports management program at Tennessee who have to do practicums and they have to do internships. It is a small fraction, I'll tell you probably one to 4% of those students who will seek us out and do exactly what you did. Hey, I wanna get into sports marketing. I understand that I need to get a foot in the door somehow. I'll do anything you need me to do. Just give me an opportunity. No one does that anymore. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and what we do is not, we're not engineers, we're not doctors, we're not the smartest people in the world. I think we do relationships maybe better than a lot, but it's just being proactive and saying, I want to be involved. I can make a difference. And if you give me a chance, you'll never want to get rid of me. And we just don't have, we don't have young people that do that anymore. So if you're a younger person listening, trying to get your foot in the door, be proactive, send an email, follow up with a phone call 
and, and offer up to, to do something like you did, Paul, and say, I just want an opportunity. I don't care whether I'm getting paid initially or not. I'm going to pay it forward because this is what I believe my career is going to be about in the long term, and I've got to get started somewhere. And, and if, if I were giving advice to my two young kids, that's exactly what it would be, no matter what field that they're interested in. If you, just, if you just take a proactive first step, I think you'll find out that the industry you're interested in or the world in general will meet you halfway. Uh, I completely you agree. you show some effort. And here's what's changed is that, you know, at the time that I was, you know, 18 years old, 20 years old, looking for a job at Florida State, they had a department of one. If you go to any Power 5 school right now, if you're lucky enough to go to a Power 5 school like Tennessee or Florida, Florida State, any of those schools, what has changed is now the athletic department opportunities are incredible like just walk through your network studio that the sec network has set up on your campus walk through any power five campus that has those production capabilities right now and they have they rely on yes they pay some of these kids but some of these kids are are working for next to nothing or for nothing and they all probably got their job by going out of their way to show up and you just said it you know sending an email is not the end sending a text or sitting on, you know, in your bed and banging out something on your computer and hoping that someone finds you is not the answer. And I know that may be the answer in, in big companies, that's how they hire, but in sports, we are a relationship business. And so if you actually took the time to put on some nice clothes and, and to try two or three or four times to catch the secretary or the assistant, forget about the head of the snake, just try anybody in that department and say, are there any opportunities? I'd love to volunteer to do whatever there are opportunities at schools that were not there five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago because of what's happening right now on these college campuses. They need bodies. That's right. That's right. And, I, you know, another piece of advice, and it's something that I've, I've learned over my career. I won't say I was that good at it when I first started, but part of my, job, part of my role and responsibility and job at, at the Vol Network is, is to be someone that everyone knows in the community and as a sponsorship salesperson, you want to be known. And uh, I had someone give me some advice early on in my career that said, hey, write those top 10 business leaders down in the community that you want to know and make it a point to reach out to them and see if you can buy them a cup of coffee or take them to lunch. And you'll be surprised what leaders are willing to do to help young people who are proactive that want an opportunity in life. Right. And that piece of advice was huge because there was, um, there was a gentleman who was in the real estate business who was an iconic restauranteur in Knoxville uh, by the name of Bill Regas, uh, and he owned Regas Restaurant. And his office happened to be next door to ours. So I walked over one day and I said, Mr. Regas, I'm young. I don't know that many people in this community. I'm from Knoxville, but I, wanted, I want to be someone that's known in the business community. Would you allow me to buy your lunch? Not only did he take me to lunch one time and he paid, we went once a month for as long as I can remember early on in my career, I ended up getting sponsorships from like six or seven different restaurants because he called the owners and said, you need to place ads in the souvenir program and support Brandon and the Vols. <laughs> and, and it's just because I went over and said, would you be willing to spend an hour with me? That's amazing. And I think those types of things, people do not want to get out of their comfort zone and they're scared to ask. But what I found is, and it, it's, not, it's not certain, but what I found is most of the time, there's a reason that the leaders and business leaders in our community and our community leaders and leaders on campus, someone gave them a break along the way. And most of those leaders will try to, will try to pay it back 
in helping young people in any way that they can. And that can that can help you tremendously when, when you're trying to just find your way and get your foot in the door. You're right. Right. You know, and I was talking earlier about colleges and universities and, and obviously that's where the job pool comes from. And, and I think one of the disservices that's happening right now, and, and you may or may not agree with this, Brandon, we obviously don't talk about anything before we get on together. But college, like I said, right now, every school in the country seems like they have a sports administration or a sports management major. And that's a, I think that's a travesty. And here's why is that there are no jobs, okay? There are very few jobs. If you take all the minor league teams, major league teams, college and university jobs out there, there's, there's just simply not anywhere close to enough jobs for the hundreds of thousands of kids that are going to school with this degree. Now, why are they going to school with this degree? Because it's fun. They think, oh, what am I going to be when I'm in school? Oh, sports. That's what I want to do. And so the university's job is to make money. And so the university makes the major available because it helps them fill their classrooms and helps the people come to school there. And so they're not going to stop offering the major because it helps round out what their clientele, their students, want to take. Now, if you're a student, two things to keep in mind about that university that you're picking or the university you're at or maybe the graduate program you're going to choose. One, what is their placement rate? What, do they have a placement rate? To ask them, you know, how many out of your 27 graduates last year or your 500 graduates last year, how many got jobs in sports? And then number two, what opportunities while you're in school for those two, three, four, five, six years, if you go to a power five school, I really highly recommend you go an extra year for football season. Um, <laughs> however long you're there, what is the opportunity for you to work in sports while you're there? And those are the questions you should ask those programs as you're kind of going in. And that's why I get angry because there are tons and tons and tons and tons of kids every year that are just graduating with a degree, never took advantage of the opportunities while they were in college, and then think magically they're just going to get a job. Yeah, you're correct. The the sports industry as a business is extremely small. Uh, I will tell you, through our office, I'm going to tell you 80 to 90% of the hires that we've had to make over the last 8 to 10 years have been interns who worked with us while they were in school uh, that made an impression on us. Now, you have to remember, they're giving up something because they're going to come to work for us on a game day and they're going to give up the pregame sorority or fraternity party or on-campus tailgate and they're going to roll their sleeves up and they're going to sweat. Um, and if you can, that's why that internship becomes so important in college because it's your first connection to the college business world. And if you can make the right impression, you know, even, even for the interns that we've not been able to hire full-time here, we have a company that represents 200 properties. There are always positions being filled. And so if we find someone an all-star, uh, we're going we're gonna to do whatever it takes to try to help them out and get them placed within our company. Um, you, you hit on something earlier I think is really important. A lot of people want to work in sports because it's fun and it's viewed as glamorous and I'm going to be down on the sideline in pregame and I'm going to get to go to the coach's TV show uh, and I get to be around the coach. And there are really great things about what we do, and you could call them perks, if you will. But I will tell you, there are also a large number of tasks that each of us do, whether you're a general manager or a partner services coordinator or an account executive, that is not glamorous. And, and it requires rolling up your sleeves and being, being blue collar and going to work and getting the job done. 
for me, I'm as passionate about winning my game in college sports marketing as I am about watching the Vols win. So I play my game every day in sponsorship sales to do to do what I can to maximize the investment of all the partners that are, that are that are investing at the University of Tennessee. I take as much pride in that as I do being a part of the University of Tennessee football program. And, and I think when you're considering a, a career in college sports, you've got to marry those two things. You have to have a passion for sports and for the brand you're representing, but then you also have to have a passion, passion for the business side of it because the majority of your time is spent on the business side of it. We only play seven home football games in a normal year, but yet we spend 300 days getting ready to play those seven days. That's right. And, and if you're not passionate, and we have plenty of people that two or three years into it find out, hey, this is a lifestyle career, because I am working nights and I am working weekends. There's some glamorous parts to it, but there's a lot of hard work to it as well. That's and so you've true. got to marry both of those up. I, when I, those 10 years that I was working in the NFL, I don't think there was a single week that I didn't work 80 plus hours. 80, eight zero. I don't think there was a single week. I believe it. I, I mean, it just, it never happened. I, I, in fact, I didn't even know that you could work 50 hours a week until I owned my own company and I had the choice. I'm like, holy smokes. I'll tell you one funny story, Brandon. It tells you about, you, you nailed it when you talked about how it's not fun, glamorous. And, and oh, by the way, because we need to say it, it also doesn't make you rich. Okay? Sports. Yeah. I mean, we can talk and talk and talk, but let's not let the, the hippo in the room escape. I mean, we're, we're, sports is not, if you get into sports, you're not getting in it because um, you want to compete with your buddy who's going to work for Bank of America. You well, are you small, doing it for different reasons. Um, small, small caveat. When I started at the Vol Network and left JCPenney, I was on commission at JCPenney selling shoes and Tennessee apparel. I made more money my last year at JCPenney than I did my first year at the Vol Network, and I was part-time at JCPenney. <laughs> let, let that sink in for just a minute. There you go. And, and I, I, we talk about the, the fun and glamorous. I mean, we, we talk about college sports, which is obviously what we both spend a lot of time in, but I also negotiate deals with pro and uh, pro sports and, and minor league sports all over the country. One kind of funny story, my, one of my uh, assistants and I were, we flew to Amarillo, Texas to go visit with the minor league baseball team. We had a rep there, uh, let's call him Bill, and, and we said, hey Bill, we're going to meet you at one o'clock. Uh, and he was the general manager and sales director, long title for the Amarillo Sox. So we pull up to what might have been the worst stadium I've ever seen in the country uh, in Amarillo, Texas on a 105 degree July day to go say hello. It was an off day. The team was not playing that day. So this parking lot is empty. And we come into the stadium. There was one car in the parking lot. And we come into the stadium and we walk in. And it's wide open. And there is a dude wearing all rubber who is pressure cleaning the seats. And with, with you know, completely covered face, body, everything. And we go up to him and, and he takes the head off and he turns the pressure cleaner off and he says hi I, I said hi we're looking for bill he goes i'm bill oh and, my God. and he takes <laughs> and he takes off the gear and he says welcome to amarillo and underneath his gear he's got the suit and we go upstairs in the press box and we talk about the sponsorship that we were negotiating with him and and, and to me that was a perfect example of what sports is like i mean you <laughs> it, it's just it is not glamour um, but it is what it is, and if you get in it, you're going to love it because it's just awesome, uh, but you're, you're not doing it to get rich. 
the things we do that people don't see. Uh, on a normal football Saturday, I'll change clothes three times, and I'm not doing it just to show off my wardrobe. Um, that tells you the kind of work that it takes around um, executing a, a Tennessee football Saturday. And what you don't see, like on Fridays, we administer the recycling program, um, which is presented by one of our sponsors, an Eastman Chemical Company. And there's only one way that the recycling containers get placed evenly around the stadium, and that's with our staff out there doing that. So we're literally dragging trash cans, recycling trash cans around the stadium. So there, there, there are plenty of, again, glamorous things to, to a sports career, but then there are also um, those moments where you got to roll up your sleeves and get the job done. And, and at the end of the day, nothing feels better than when, when the clock strikes zero, you've won a big football game, and not only did the balls win on the field, but you won in your sponsorship game for the day. And the sponsors are leaving, and they appreciate what you've done. And to me, that's the best feeling in the world and the most gratifying part of the career uh, when you can have one of those magical days where everything comes together. Um, and, you know, that's what that's why we do it. No, you're um, right. You're right. I, I, so I think to kind of kind of wrap up today because we could talk about ourselves a lot but that's not why people probably listen they want to hear advice for themselves I mean I think at the end of the day if you want to get a, a job here the first step is to find an undergraduate or a graduate school that that truly gives you a chance to win whether that's volunteering uh, for a job while you're on campus or has a placement program or an internship program or a built-in program that gives you a chance to get experience in the field don't think it's going to happen after you're out it's not you have to do it while you're in school. And even in Brandon's case, he wasn't even a major, but the entire time he was in school, he was really in an associated field, working with the right people at the right time. Uh, and, and that's how he got the, got the gig he got. You have to volunteer like crazy. That might mean just volunteer on a weekend. Volunteer for somebody. Go meet somebody, like Brandon mentioned. You know, Figure out a list of people that are in your world, in your drivable distance that could either have lunch spend 10 minutes or you could volunteer for a major event they have just as a, a way to just say hello and introduce yourself. Um, you've got to get off the couch. You've got to get away from your computer. Uh, you've got to go in and present yourself in, in the right way. And then understand in the sports business that money is secondary to passion. And you heard it in Brandon's voice. Uh, passion is what it's all about. And, and I don't take anyone in my company um, unless they have a passion for sports and a passion for wanting to win uh, off the field. Uh, and, and that's just crucial for what we do for a living. So on behalf of Brandon Parks, I am Paul Sickman, and we are done with Knox Talk this week. Look forward to talking to you again soon.